today is, it's been a great day. I, uh, <clears throat> this morning, we, uh, we think about, or I think about, last Sunday. Now, I, I know there's been a lot of talk about last Sunday night's service, but before we can get to last Sunday night's service, we have to understand Monday, or Sunday morning's service. Sunday morning, we began to build Rock Hill First Church of the Nazarene's Ebenezer. And whenever we look at this Ebenezer, it, it, it kind of looks like just simply a pile of rocks, doesn't it? Is that what you see out there? Just simply a pile of rocks. But whenever we look at this pile of rocks and we look at Sunday morning service, I want you to kind of grab a hold of this because Sunday morning, we thank God for everything that He has done for us in our lives. We gave God the glory for building this church, for sustaining this church, for starting this sanctuary, for starting the Hispanic church, for saving our lives, for touching our lives throughout our lives in those different moments and times that we had there. Do you not see and do you not understand that whenever we give God the glory, God then presents himself because he sees and he knows our hearts. None of this was accomplished by anything that we did other than the fact that we gave God the glory for everything. And whenever we give God the glory for everything, whew, he shows up. He shows up. So today, we understand that God is here. We know that He never left this place. We, we are invited. God invites each and every one of us. So, He invites us into a lot of things, and we're going to talk about that. But this rock, or these rocks, and being that this is the second service of 2019. I ask the question to you. What are you seeking in 2019? What are you seeking for? 
in 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 9, it tells us, it says, And you, my son of Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind, for the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. If you seek him, if you seek God, you will find or it or he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you. In 2 Chronicles chapter 15, verse 2, it says, He went out to meet Asa and said to him, Listen to me, Asa and all of Judea and Benjamin, the Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Seeking. If we seek God, we will find him. He doesn't want to be hidden. He wants us to know exactly where he is. He wants us to know exactly what he's doing. He wants us to be a part of everything that he is doing. After all, we are his hands and feet here on this earth. We are the light that shines in the darkness because he lives within us. So what are you seeking for in 2019? Are you seeking financial security? Are you seeking healing? Are you seeking a significant other? Some of you might be. Are you seeking salvation for a loved one? Are you seeking peace in your home? Are you seeking church growth? Are you seeking spiritual growth? What are you seeking? Some of you might be seeking a child. I don't know. But we know in Scripture that it says that if we seek Him, we'll find Him. But I want to kind of give you this, you know, that list that we just went down through. It sounds like a pretty good list, right? There's a lot of things in that list that, that you would really want, right? Uh, you know, who doesn't want financial peace? No, just. <laughs> you might not be wanting a child right now. There's some people that in their home, they, they just simply want peace. There's a lot of people that they don't like to go home because. It's not peaceful. But see, 
this list is all found within a relationship with God Almighty. So whenever we look and whenever we think about 2019 and what we're seeking in 2019, those might be good things, but let me encourage you to seek a deeper relationship with God Almighty and He will help you with all those other things. If you have a right relationship with God and you allow Him to direct you in your life, He can produce peace within your home. So, today, we're invited. So what are we invited to? In Isaiah chapter 55, verses 1 through 3, we find that God's word invites us into his presence. But there's things that we have to do to be invited into his presence. Now, I'm not talking about cleaning up. I'm not talking about taking a shower. I'm not talking about trying to correct the things that's in your life. Scripture tells us that whenever we enter into the presence of God, that we have to enter in with a humble heart. If we had a prideful heart, You know, a prideful heart, God will take care of. He'll bring you to your knees. One way or another, He will take care of that prideful heart. But for us to truly be in God's presence, we have to have a humble heart. For us to be in God's presence, we have to prepare our hearts to meet Him. On Sunday mornings, whenever we come into His house, do we not expect Him to be here? Then why is He not here every Sunday morning whenever we show up? Because we are not prepared to be in His presence. Because He is here. So whenever we think about this invitation, we've all been invited places, right? Hopefully somebody invited you to church. That's why you're here. You've been invited to go spend the night with your neighbor, with your friend down the street, right? Whenever you was growing up. You've been invited to parties, right? We've all been invited to things. In Scripture, who is invited? Who is invited into the presence of God Almighty? Isaiah 55, beginning with verse 1. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. 
even if you have no money, come take your choice of wine or milk. It's free. Why spend your money on food that doesn't give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me, and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest foods. Come to me with your ears open wide. Listen, and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. So, who's invited? Verse 1 tells us that there's two people. There's two kinds of people that's invited. The first that's invited are the ones that are thirsty. It says anyone that is thirsty. Remember, Jesus Christ is the living water. He is the water that he set at the fountain uh, you know, with the Samaritan woman. And he says, if you had the water that I'm offering to you, you would never thirst again. Jesus Christ is the living water, and he is calling all who is thirsty. That's pretty easy, right? The thirsty ones. The second group of people. The second group of people are the ones that have money. They're the ones that are still working. They're the ones that are still laboring in this force. They are the ones that we would consider that would be self-sufficient. So the two people that we have that's invited are the ones that are thirsty and broken. And the ones that believe they are self-sufficient. So... Would you say that that list takes care of each person that's here today, right? The thirsty, the broken, the self-sufficient, the ones that still have money, the ones that have a job, the ones that are young enough and that are healthy enough that that they can still work and provide for themselves. Unfortunately, most of us fall into that category because we still have the ability to do things for ourselves. And that's a problem. That's a problem. But it doesn't mean that we can't come to God. So let's talk a little bit more about these things that we are invited to. Because we are, we're invited into a relationship with God. We're also invited to seek God. 
Remember the passages of Scripture that we read says that I need for you to seek me. We need to seek God and we need to ask for His wisdom. We need to ask for His directions. We need to ask Him, what do you have for me? So whenever I ask you the question in 2019, what are you seeking? What are you trying to find? That would be where you would go and you would say, okay, God, what do you have for me in this life? What direction are you leading me? We seek God's. We seek God. We seek the will that God has for us. We seek a relationship with God Almighty. We seek to know His presence. As we seek God, we find Him. But what do we find? There's another slide. You know, I, I, I made it easy on the guys this week. But I think the key to this message this morning is right here. We are not invited. We are not invited to tell God who He is. We are not invited to tell God what my will or what His will is for me. We are not invited to be able to tell God what He can and what He cannot do. And see, that's where the problem comes from because whenever we are self-sufficient, we tell God what He can do and what He can't do. God, You are the Lord of my salvation, but I'm the one that's responsible for the peace in my home. I am the one that is responsible for my financial security. I am the one that is responsible for what I do on this earth. And God says, I am. If you give me your life, I am the one that's responsible. The responsibility is out of your control because you have sought me and you have invited me into your life. Do we not see that? It's my self-sufficientness that creates the struggle in my life. Scripture tells us that you shall not, that you should not be an adulterer. But we do it anyway. He says, if you look at a woman with unpure thoughts, then you have committed adultery. We do it because it's easier. We take control of our lives because it's easier. It is easier for me to do it than to allow God to do it. Man. See, 
this whole thing about this relationship with God is. That it is all about submitting to His will. There are more people getting divorced in the church than outside of the church. There are more people in the church cohabitating than has ever been in the history of the church. Why? Because it's easier. I live with my boyfriend because it's cheaper and we can afford to live in a house. Get a different house. Get married. It's a sin to live with someone that is not your spouse. It is a sin to have sex with someone outside of marriage. But we still allow it and we still do it. Why? Because it's easier. Because the world says that I can do it. Scripture says that we can't. It's easier. Because we are sufficient. I can do this on my own. I once had a friend. He was a Baptist pastor. And I, I, I did. I, I took privilege of a Bible study that I had been invited to one, one week whenever he wasn't there. And, and I brought in the, the fact of, uh, you know, once saved, always saved, isn't, isn't really true. Uh, you know, so the next week whenever he came back, he, he talks in front of the class, and he was really talking to me, and he gave me this story, and he said, uh, you know, so, you know, if I have a son that steals my wallet, and, and I know that he stole my wallet, and I come to him and, and I ask him, I'm like, you know, son, do you, do you know anything about my wallet, where my wallet is? And he says, no, Dad, I don't, I don't know anything about where it is. He continues to lie to me. He says, he's still my son. He says, later on, if we go on and I, and I come to him, uh, you know, two or three weeks later, uh, you know, when I ask him about that wallet and he still denies that he stole that wallet, he's still my son. And I sat there. And I'm like, yeah, he's still your son. But if the punishment for stealing that wallet was death, and he never confessed to stealing that wallet, then the punishment is death, and you must kill him. Whew. You not see? This life that we're living, the punishment of sin is death. And if we continue to live in it, we will die. God has to do it. If he is a holy God and he says that the wages of sin is death and he doesn't kill us, I don't want to worship him. I want him to be able to stand firm to his word. If he says that sin is death, 
then I and I sin and I continue to sin and I continue to sin. Judgment has to come, and that judgment is death. It is not. It's okay because the world's doing it. It's not okay because it's easier. The wages of sin is death. Just because it's easier to live a life of sin doesn't make it any better. Does not give us the right to do it. If we are truly seeking the presence of God, we will work in our lives that every day our lives change. So you wonder why I came to church today shaved in a nice dress in a nice suit. Because God tells us in Scripture that He can change the spots on a leopard. That He can take a Gentile and He can graft that Gentile into a holy branch. And He alone can make that worthy that is the only way that we can truly be changed. Yes, I have a suit coat on and I'm freshly shaved. I even put lotion on my face and it's nice and soft. But that doesn't change a thing. That's on the inside. It doesn't change a thing. That's on the inside. So I go to our Tuesday morning's Bible study. We went into Ezekiel chapter 33. The valley of the dry bones. And we talked about the valley of the dry bones and how God took those. And, uh, you know, he told him, he said, do you think that these dry bones can live again? One of the wisest things that I've ever heard in Scripture he says, oh, Lord, only you know. We think we know, but God knows. And God said, prophesy to these bones. And he prophesied to the bones. And the bones began to come together. And then you had ligaments joined to the bones. And then you had muscles cover the bones. And then you had skin cover the bones. And they stood there as a mighty army. But they weren't alive. And then God tells him, he said, Ezekiel, he said, prophesy to the four winds. And call the four winds to blow upon them. And he prophesied into the four winds. And the winds blew upon them. And life entered them. I want you to see this. Because the four winds that was prophesied to was the Ruhah, the breath of God was breathed into those. It is only by the breath of God that the dead can become alive. The ones that are dead in sin can only come alive by the breath of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Holy Spirit, being breathed into us. But when He will not and He cannot stay there if we remain in sin. We have to release sin. We have to get out of it. 
If you're not in marriage and you're living with someone, you've got to make a change. You can't stay there. If you're hooked on drugs, you can't stay there. you got to get out of it. Woo! Man, come on. It cannot be the same. But it's only through the Holy Spirit that we can be changed. It is only by us allowing Him to come into our lives and to change us. He is the only one that can graft us into that vine. That, uh, That army that was erected, that the bones came together and the ligaments came together and the muscles and the skin was covered their bones and and then the breath of God was breathed into them they stood there and did absolutely nothing there's nothing in history there's nothing in scripture that says that that mighty army that was raised went and fought any battles but it tells us that this life that God has called us to is a difficult life. This life that God has called us to as Christians is a life that we're going to get scarred up at. It's a life that we're going to have wounds. It's a life that we must come together as soldiers to fight. We cannot stand on our own in this battle. Each and every one that professes to be a Christian is a member of that army. So let me help you out a little bit before I get too tired. Because there's three things that we receive in this passage of Scripture. Please go back to that passage of Scripture. We receive water. Water, that life-giving water from Jesus Christ. Whenever we're out in the desert, whenever we're wandering around and we're walking this life without God, we are literally in a desert. And whenever we are dehydrated and we have reached our depths and our bottom the only thing that we desire and that we need is water and that water that comes from Jesus Christ the living water that we receive I want you to see the second thing that we receive we receive milk milk corresponds to strength Because whenever you have a baby, you give a baby milk every day, three times a day, so that that baby can grow strong. The milk that he's talking about is strength. It's so that we can have strong bones, so that we can have strong muscles, so that we will be able to stand firm on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And then we have this last one here, and I want you to see this, okay, we get wine. Now, why do we get wine? You go into and you look at the Good Samaritan 
and you see that the good Samaritan is coming down and he sees a man that's beaten on the side of the road. What does he do? He goes over to him and he puts oil and wine on his wounds. The wine has a healing property that God knows that we need because he knows that we're in a battle. He knows that we're going to get cut and he knows that we're going to need that medicine to be able to be strong and stand in his mighty presence. He gives it all to us right there. So, Pastor, whenever I'm struggling with this, and I've been sober for three days, and I have a turmoil that comes into my life, and I, and I falter, and I take a drink of alcohol, what do I do? Start all over again. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. Because it's worth it. Whenever you stumble, get back up. And keep fighting because he's giving you the wine to be able to pour on the sore. Oh, man, I just thought about it. What about all those Western movies that we watch? And they take that whiskey and they pour it on that gunshot. Whoo, man. Oh, God, he's given us the things that we need to be able to be healed from the battle. Because he knows that Satan is going to hurt us. He knows that we're going to stumble. He knows that we're going to fall. But he gives us everything that we need. He gives us everything that we need. So back whenever I was battling smokeless tobacco. Man, I used to keep it. I used to. I used to have this tally in my, in my journal that kept growing. Day one, day two, three, four. I'd get out to two or three months, and I'd go and I'd buy me another can. I don't know why. And I'd start all over again. One, two, three, four. Because it's worth it. Because the life that Jesus Christ has for us is worth every battle that we fight. It is worth every scar that we might receive. But he's with us every step of the way. He says, I will not leave you and I will not forsake you. Regardless of where you are, regardless of your steps, He says, I am there. So if you were like me, and you fought or you're fighting an addiction, keep fighting. If you're in a relationship that you shouldn't be in, Get out of it. There's a part in scripture that says it's better to go to heaven missing one eye than not to go at all. It's better to go missing one arm than not to go at all. This life that he calls us, it's hard. 
but he's there. And he provides everything that we need. He gives us the living water. He gives us the milk to grow strong on. He gives us the wine so that we can be healed from the wounds. This morning, you're invited. The altar is open. You're invited to bring him whatever battle that you're in. You are invited to come to this altar and to lay it right there and to get up and to say, I'm at day one because it's worth it. (laughs) Guys, I know it's not easy. There have been many, 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 many day ones in my life. There will most probably be many more day ones in my life. But see, it's a it's a battle that God has called us to. We're his army. He has brought our bones together. He has put the ligaments together, the muscles, the skin. And as Christians, He has breathed His life into us. Let's stand for dismissal, or for let's stand for the altar. Because remember, we're all invited. The ones that are thirsty and the ones that are broken, the ones that are self-sufficient, the ones that have been fighting this fight for the wrong reason, the ones that have been fighting this fight and we have tasted the food and the food is not worth what we have put forth to it because it's not God's. Because the only food and the only drink that is worth it comes from God and from God alone. This morning the altar is open. There's one that's already made their way. There's some that's already made their way here. We're all in a battle. Are you at day 50? Are you at day one? Are you willing to see and to understand that the life that I am living right now is not living a life in the presence of God Almighty. And I desire to live a life in the presence of God Almighty. That is what I want. I want to live in His presence. I want to do what He wants me to do. I say yes to his will and to his way. Wherever you are,
in Isaiah chapter 55, beginning with verse 6. It says, Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and the blaspheme, the very thought of their doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to your God for he will forgive you graciously. He's only here for a short time and then he's going to be gone. Your window of opportunity is not open-ended. There comes a time that the Holy Spirit will stop knocking. Today he's knocking. Will you respond? like thine can peace afford I need thee oh I need thee every hour I need thee oh bless me now my Savior I come to I need thee every hour, stay thou nearby, temptations lose their power when thou art nigh, I need thee, oh I need thee, every hour I need Savior, I come to Thee. I need Thee every hour, in joy or in pain. Come quickly and abide, or life is vain. I need Oh, I need thee. Hey. 
Savior, I come to Thee. I need Thee every hour, most holy one. Oh, make me Thine indeed, O blessed Son. I need thee, oh, I need thee, every hour I need thee, oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for, for the words, dear Lord, that you have given God, I pray, dear Lord, that you will continue to be with us and that you will guide our steps. God, that you would continue to protect us. In Jesus' name, amen. Be mindful of the announcements that we, uh, that we have. You know, let's uh, bow our heads for dismissal. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you, dear Lord, for today, and I thank you for each one that is here this morning. God, I pray that your face would shine upon us, and God, that your blessings from heaven will be poured out. In Jesus' name, amen.